broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing. Get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello there again. Welcome to our latest edition of RN Huddle. We love bringing hot topics to you to discuss different issues involving nursing practice. And today we're going to continue our series on the legality of nursing. And we're going to talk about something that is really, really seen more and more in practice settings, particularly in long-term care settings. And I know that how to handle the situation, um, which is granny cams, as we have called them in our vernacular, and granny cams um, pose just huge issues in privacy, in policy, in trying to make sure that we're providing safe, best practice care, and at the same time, alleviating the fears and the concerns of family members. So coming to us is Joyce Black with attorney Catherine Cheadle, and they are going to discuss granny or nanny cams when cameras are implanted in patient or resident rooms. So let's go ahead and get right into the discussion. This is Joyce Black at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. I teach nursing with the College of Nursing, and I am accompanied today by Katie Cheadle, a defense attorney here in Omaha. So, Katie, here's here's the question. I I know we have a lot of patients in a lot of facilities, hospitals, long-term care, even home settings, who fall. And when they fall, they break a hip, and then the mortality is extremely high. So we obviously want to keep these patients from falling. We can't restrain them. Uh, and, and for obvious reasons, it doesn't make anything any better to restrain the patient. So we're sort of left in this quandary of, I can't be there with the patient on a one-to-one. And sometimes, even if I could be, when this small, frail, elderly woman who cannot drink tea and toast gets her mind made up that she's going to get out of bed, she is going to get out of bed. And there is nothing you can do to stop this lady from falling and injuring something. So the idea came up the other day, this is what I want to talk to you about, of using our TV monitor system that we have in place for, we have it in place for other patients, sort of the granny cam idea. Would that help us in this story if we could monitor the patient from the, you know, the nurse's station, the hallway with this TV camera? Uh, we we were talking about it. What's your thought on that? Is that a good way to go, or or not? Is not going to help us. Well, tell me, how is the granny cam serving a different function than the bed alarm? How is it different? Is it different? Well, I think what the granny cam would do is show the patient starting to move, where the bed alarm that we have now is a perimeter alarm, so it's the patient has to get to the edge of the bed. And the granny cam would show us this twitching, kind of fidgeting woman, maybe trying to find her call light, maybe trying to call for help. And so we were thinking it might give us a little bit of warning before the patient's sitting on the edge of the bed or about to fall off. Sure. I I think it could be helpful if it's a patient that is slow moving, that you actually would have sufficient time to get to that patient before they get out of bed. Quite frankly, I don't know that it would be a whole lot different than your bed alarm. I I think it would probably 
have the same function. The downside to it would be, are we overreacting? Are we now spending more time going into rooms, trying to anticipate a patient getting out of bed when really they were just fidgeting to change position? They were just fidgeting to find the cell phone that they dropped in the bed. They were fidgeting for some other reason, and now we aren't spending enough time with our other patients because we're constantly trying to intervene uh, when it isn't necessary. Uh, I That's really the negative I see. The positives likely outweigh the negatives um, of anticipating and preventing a fall because legally, if a fall occurs and it's found that this fall occurred because we didn't do enough, we were negligent, we should have done something more, then there's this whole snowball effect of we're not only responsible for any injury from the fall, we're responsible for the pain and the suffering to the patient from the fall and the injury, we're responsible for um, occasionally damages that are asserted by the spouse of the patient, the children of the patient, say in some extreme case, the patient ends up having to have the fracture that they sustained from the fall operated on and, and they die from the surgery. I mean, that's a very extreme case, but we are responsible for that snowball effect now. So there are definitely reasons to try to prevent that fall you know, from a legal perspective to, to mitigate your risk. And obviously your primary reason is to protect the patient. But it's just important to be mindful of the fact that there is all of this snowball effect if this does happen. But as far as the, the granny cam, I mean, it really only works if someone is sitting there watching it, right? So who's going to be the person that is not floating around the floor who is tasked with sitting here and watching this camera? I know from speaking with many nurses, they're already, you know, at their limit of how many patients and all of the documentation that we're asking them to do on a daily basis in the EHR. I don't know who would be the person to sit here and watch so that at the first sign of fidgeting, we actually can intervene and react. Well, one of the things that we talked about the other day at work was the fact that on any given shift, probably half of our patients are at risk of falling, if not higher. And so there would not be just one patient with one granny cam that one person can glance at. It, it would be a whole wall of monitoring. Uh, so we, we were struggling with, could if it would help us reach the patient early, that would be great. We weren't positive. And like I said at the beginning, that's why I wanted to ask you about it. The other question that came up was privacy. So if those cameras were on the wall where passerbys could see the camera and see the, I'm not see the camera, see the screen, is that a concern or are we thinking too far out in left field here? I think that's absolutely a concern. Um, we obviously have HIPAA laws and regulations that we need to be mindful of the privacy of patients and not only getting out their medical situations, their medical diagnoses. We have to be very cautious when we speak in the hallways about patients and when we're when we're even talking about, you know, general things about them. It definitely would be unadvisable to have monitors set in any place where the public on the floor could see them. And, and not just from a medical perspective, if that patient, they, they have an expectation of privacy in their room, if they want to change, if they, you know, if they're coming out of the shower, there's all sorts of reasons why you would not want what's happening in your personal private space to be broadcasted. I think the patients have an expectation that maybe their nurse or their tech or their physician would see them in a 
delicate situation, being able to examine their bodies and, and assist them with showers and clean wounds or clean other, you know, incisions where, where they might be exposed more than they're comfortable on a normal basis. But I think it would be ill-advised to have monitors in any situation that could expose that patient's private setting to anybody outside of their personal providers. Do you think that the videotape, like on the granny cam, is that recorded? Is that maintained? Do I mean, is it, or is it a camera-specific function? Because I wonder about, I can't say inadvertently, but accidentally capturing something on a camera, like you were saying a minute ago, that nobody knew the camera was on. There was an old TV show, you don't remember it, called Candid Camera, where they did these kind of odd observations of people doing things, and then, of course, you had to tell them. But the idea of the camera running constantly is a little bit concerning just for catching things that you shouldn't you don't want to see, you didn't need to see, and now it's recorded, perhaps? Is that is that a worry? Is that a concern? Well, each institution, if they decided to implement this, would have to come up with their own policy on the preservation of the footage. I know many institutions that have video monitoring do not preserve the monitoring. It is constantly recorded over, um, just like you would hear with the security camera at the gas station. It only is kept for so many days or even hours uh, because there's just no place to put all of that information to keep it indefinitely. Uh, But if the institution decided to maintain or found some way to store all of this information, um, I mean, there would definitely be some risk there. Say anymore, it seems almost commonplace to hear about places getting hacked into, right? And if you've got patient footage stored Think of the HIPAA violation if that got hacked into. You would have to have extreme security on that because that's not just their medical diagnoses being hacked into, which is a concern in and of itself in a medical record. That's potentially their private video of their room and all sorts of um, potentially extremely delicate, sensitive information. Uh, So I don't know what each institution would decide to do, but there would be serious legal considerations for either decision, whichever way you go, but particularly with preserving and storing any such footage. And I think that would have to go into your overall analysis of, you know, is this really worth it compared to what we could potentially get from this? What are our potential benefits and are they realistic? Can we actually achieve them? So there's, I mean, there's quite a bit that would need to go into discussion in deciding whether to implement this. It would be difficult to get a return on investment estimate from these cameras, at least my view of the world, because you'd have to be able to prove that the camera prevented this many falls which you would have to show then that the camera was an integral part of that process where the hourly rounds that we make now are designed for that same purpose of, you know, catching people early. So what we do today for fall prevention is uh, estimate the fall risk and figure out where it's coming from. Is this a confused patient, a medicated patient, a weak patient? We have some patients who overestimate their ability and you ask them if they need help to do something, and of course they don't, and then they're the ones that faint. So there's that risk profile. And then, you know, as we were talking about a minute ago, using the perimeter alarms on the bed, we do have patients who get agitated when those alarms go off and respond the wrong way, you know, move away from the alarm and fall out of bed during that process. So 
I guess it sounds like, you know, if, if we're in the healthcare business, we maybe need to work on something yet that's a better product and a better process for the fall risk patient. Because I don't, what, based on what our conversation is, I'm not sure the camera is exactly the answer. It may be creating some privacy issues that um, it's not going to solve. And if it doesn't get you there any sooner because there's a collection of a hundred of them at the nurse's station, I don't know that that brings you to the room any faster. Any other risks? Can you see a, maybe this is my imagination running wild here, but can you see a story where the patient fell in the middle of the night, nobody heard it, and it was captured on film? And so there'd be all this footage of not finding the patient after the fall? That would not, I would think as a defense attorney, that would not be your favorite day to look at that story. I don't know that it's ever happened, but um, I can assume that would that would be another reason not to have a camera, huh? Right. I can tell you that would not be the patient's favorite day, the nurse's favorite day, or my favorite day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's, there's a lot there that would need to be looked at. You know, the other thing about, does this actually prevent the fall? That's it's a pretty hard thing to study because how do we know when we've prevented something? Are we going to study allowing something to happen and then saying, well, that happened, but I, I would have prevented it, but I wanted to see if it would happen. So okay. it's a hard thing to study a non-existent outcome. You would hope it prevents falls. Obviously, we want to do everything we can to prevent falls. Of course, we have to maintain privacy and it has to be reasonable and there's all sorts of factors that go into deciding whether this is something we should or should not undertake. But for as many um, amazing things as technology has done in medicine, sometimes I think it's best to go back to the simpler things of just analyzing each patient as they come in, speaking with the patient, speaking with the patient's family, relying less on the technology and more on your expertise as a provider, uh, knowing, you know, maybe this is a bed alarm patient and that's fine. If it's a bed alarm patient that gets agitated by the bed alarm, then maybe this is a not a bed alarm patient and this patient needs a sitter. Taking Sometimes taking the, the technology out of it and only you seeing the things that are actually beneficial to the patient. I, I do think that on occasion we rely a little too heavily on computers and technology to, to do our thinking for us. And I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. And I have to remind myself to go back to the basics, go back to the basics of how did I do this before there were computers and calculators and technology? Um, and, and I think when we go back to the basics is actually when we give some of the most outstanding care. Yeah, I agree. The risk of falls seems to be uh, a common one in our aged patients, our medicated patients, our delirious patients. And um, I think what our little, our little group over lunch decided is that the granny cam was probably not the answer. So I'm glad to uh, see what the lawyer's view of that was, and it looks like uh, or sounds like you agree with us. So the story of falls and fall risk reduction appears to best remain at the hands of the professional uh, using the technologies that are available and supplementing it with human uh, interactions such as a sitter. Thanks for joining us. Wow, again, a very riveting discussion brought to us by Dr. Black and Katie Cheadle. And this particular issue is of great concern to me, having had the majority of my clinical experience within elder care settings, both in acute and long-term care arenas. This is a just a topic that 
is going to continue to come up, I can tell, just by the frequency that I'm seeing it, the frequency that others are seeing it, and in the frequency of seeing it within the court arena. So I hope you've learned from this edition of RN Huddle, and hopefully you'll join us again when we continue our discussion next time on the legality in nursing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.